Welcome to Go Rangers Radio, where the New York Rangers are always the talk of the town. If you bleed red, white, and Rangers blue, hail the king, follow the bread man, and know how to spell Capo Caco, then you've tuned to the right place. And now, here are your handsome hosts, Kevin Delury and Paul Cuthbert. They're not always going to get it right, but you can be damn sure they'll pretend they are. Now, let's go Rangers Radio. Yeah, can you hear me? Welcome to Go Rangers Radio. Broadcasting live from the Go Hockey Media Studios in New York, baby. Yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuffin. And now, everybody, please say hello to your friend and mine, Mr. Kevin DeLore. KD, pass the Kleenex, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) As if life wasn't depressing enough, uh, the Rangers have now taken it to another level uh, with, obviously, the buyout of uh, the King. Yeah, it's, 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 it's tough, my friend. It is tough. You know, we had talked about coming back for a show, maybe for the draft, you know, and doing something special. But I don't know. I guess we knew this day was coming, KD. I guess we just didn't expect it as quickly as it has. And now that it's it's sinking in, obviously we can maybe start with Mark uh, first being traded to Detroit and, and obviously the King today and the tweets and the video montages and the tears and the crying and everything, but but it's here. We we talked about it, and I mean everybody in Ranger World has talked about this possibility all season long with the the goaltending situation here in New York. But um, I don't know, but I, let's just let's just do this tonight and just talk about it and reminisce and and uh, let's, let's why don't you kick it off, baby? What do you, what do you, what do you want to what do you want to where do you start, pal? Yeah, well, well, first of all. Where we'll start is with the podcast, and I will take the brunt of the blame for us not have done doing shows for however long it's been since the last show. Paulie has been asking <laughs> when I want to do the shows, and I have been the one declining, so everybody can blame me. I think uh, to bring more you know, emotion to this or you know, sadness or whatever... I, you know, for me, as far as, you know, doing the podcast, everything going on in life has just been so depressing. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I just don't even feel like doing the podcast. I, I, I couldn't even get up for it between, you know, all the coronavirus stuff and, you know, everything else that's going on with uh, the equality stuff. But everyone wants equality, but everybody's fighting. That's not how you get equality, but whatever. <laughs> KD, uh, let me let me just but let me just do this on uh it was Monday, September fourteenth. <laughs> and uh we were still showing up in the Apple podcast uh charts, right? And I and I tweeted you, I said, Look at this, we're we're one one twenty seven and we hadn't done a show, I guess, for a month or so or whatever the heck it was, maybe two months or whatever. And then I text KD, I go, I go, we still got it, even when we ain't doing it. So Katie texts back. He goes, ha, with an exclamation point. And then right after that, I have no motivation to do podcasts right now. Maybe as we get really, closer to I, the draft, and, and here we are. You know what it is, though? I, I like so enjoy doing it, you know, like once we do it. But I was just like sitting there thinking, like, 
I just I have I just don't want to do that. I'm just not in the mood to do what I've done. It's sort of like almost like exercise. <laughs> like I enjoy <laughs> exercise, like running. I enjoy it, but like to motivate myself to actually do it takes a lot. So I felt like <laughs> like that's where I'm at with the podcast. Now that we're talking, what are we like? Three minutes in, I'm I'm having time in my life right now. We should have, I should have said yes a month ago. But uh, so yeah, so blame me. Sorry, everyone. Yeah, it's um, all good, man. It's, the the moment is right. Uh, you know, I, I when when this when the news was handed down, I, I I saw one of the fans was saying, "I can't wait." Somebody said, "I need Kevin Delory to bring me down off the rooftop." Well, here it is, buddy. So uh, hey, look. Um, I miss you too, man, and it's, uh, like I said, it's bittersweet. We're excited about the draft here coming up. Uh, finally, the hockey season's over. Uh, maybe we can get into it a little bit too with uh, Schatz and, and, and uh, McDonough there hoisting the and the cup over their heads. But, um, you know, again, I'm going to throw it to you, buddy. W- where do you want to start, man? So many news lines and uh, the big one uh, today, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, just the first sort of shoot to drop you know, the Mark Stahl trade, which I, I'm going to be honest, I, I don't think I've ever been more surprised about anything in all of my 44 years of watching sports. Mark Stahl is a guy I've been saying for the last, you know, since he signed his last contract that he is untradeable, unmovable. Nobody would want him. I don't care how many sweeteners you put in. His contract is an albatross on top of an albatross. And, uh, you know, for Gordon to actually be able to do it. And I know there's only one year left on the contract. So, you know, it's a little bit easier to move that to a team that may be looking for a veteran presence or get to that cap floor or whatever it is they're looking for. But you also need that team, that situation to be there to trade them to. And thankfully, Detroit, you know, stepped up to the plate and was this situation that, I honestly never thought would be there. And, you know, for the Rangers, not only to be able to trade the contract and, and trade stall, they didn't have to eat any of it. Uh, and, and I know they had to give up a second round pick next year. So it's not even draft pick this year. I mean, that's really nothing. I mean, at this point, next offseason, you know, I, I'm hopeful that the Rangers are sort of done with, you know, we need to build through the draft. You know, we're now going to be moving from rebuild to, you know, we need to start becoming a cup contender. So at that point you're using draft picks to make the team better, whether it's trades or, you know, not necessarily drafting players, but more towards building up your roster through trade. So, you know, to be able to use that pick, you know, to get this money off the books and then, you know, potentially use it for the restricted free agents that we have had that we have. And we've gone over that, you know, a thousand times and, and we'll go over it some more today because obviously with the, with the additional cap space. But, you know, it, it's just a, a great move by by Gordon and J.D. And, you know, we we say it all the time on this podcast. This rebuild could not be going any better. Like how much better can this be going? They actually were able to trade away Stahl's contract. That's yeah. unbelievable. It is. I I I agree with everything you said. And like I said, you 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 know, you know, tip of the hat to you, buddy, because like I said, you you said it over and over. There's no it was going to be one of the hardest things to do. And I guess you got to look back here. And you know, for me, I guess my first reaction was I went, they did it. You know, when you when you bring when you think about JD and Gordon, right? And you think about Stahl. 
And and like I said, the second round draft pick next year. I mean, can you? I mean, what we're going to get this year is just ridiculous, you know. Um, but I was like, they did it, and then <laughs> I was just like, I was so impressed. And again, we love Mark Stahl. He was here for all those great years, you know. And again, you you have a way with words, KD. And if, if anybody hasn't seen what you tweeted about him too and stuff, uh, it's it's right. I mean. You know, as a Ranger fan, you get attached to these players, whatever whatever run it is, whatever generation, whatever decade, whatever the years, the ups and downs, the highs and lows and everything else. And look, Mark Stahl, and especially Hank Lundquist today, it's just like all of us there in the, in the, in the 90s when we, you know, that, that whole crop from the, ni- you know, from 1990 to 2000, right, and then winning the cup in between. We had another run here with these groups of guys, too. Yeah, we get to the finals. We didn't win it, but we had a hell of a lot of success. And Mark Stahl and, and Hank were obviously big parts of it, and, and they're I'm pretty much you know two of the last pieces of the puzzle of those teams to let go. And again, like we've talked here on the podcast, and you brought it up too. Like I said, how are they going to do this? We we kept saying we all thought maybe, and we'll get into the Hank obviously in a big way here in a little bit. But you know, Hank was either going to get either be part of a big trade for a team that was going to make a run. Or, you know, the buyout or maybe stay on for another year. Those were the two or three main options. But with Mark Stahl, you pretty much resolved the fact there's no way they're going to be able to get rid of this guy. We're going to have to hang on to him for one more year. And again, I go back to the fact when I saw the news, I was like, they did it. So that's a hell of a job by J.D. and Gordon. And the other thing it reinforces too, KD, is they are moving forward. Yeah, I, I mean, look, this is what you have to do in a rebuild it's and and we've been saying this about a lot of other plays too you have to make tough decisions regarding popular players uh they traded uh mcdonough ryan mcdonough i mean they traded him to a team that won a stanley cup and congrats to mcdonough um they moved zuccarello and now they're buying out lundquist they bought out girardi i mean these are popular all-time great ranger players that you know, this team is now trading, buying out, and, and they're doing it all in the name of a rebuild. And this is what you have to do. You can't get, and I say it a lot on this podcast, you can't make emotional decisions here. Yeah. Because if you do, that's where you go wrong. You know, the Rangers could have hung on to McDonough for maybe a couple of years too long instead of getting rid of him maybe a year too early, a year or two too early. Um, and the same with, you know, Girardi, maybe they hung, didn't buy out his contract, but you know, it's those moves that you have to make that maybe sometimes unpopular with the fan base. But when you're looking to do a rebuild, that's what you have to do. You got to cut bait from these guys sometimes and it's not easy. And and the hardest decision of them all is doing it to, to Henrik Lundqvist, just an all time great hall of fame Jersey will be retired in like three weeks from now player. Um, and, you know, I'm I, I'm shocked by the move, especially after the stall trade. And they opened up that, you know, almost six million dollars in cap space. I, I thought once that happened, Georgiev was gone for sure, you know, because it's only one year left on on Lundquist contract. So I figured they deal with his cap hit for one more year and then they're done with it. I wrote an email. But, What's that? I wrote an email. To who? Gordon? Gordon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You see? About my love for Georgia. I used to just call in, but they it's didn't It's my fault. Tank's gone. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
You know, it's uh, I like you said. You know, they 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 made these moves. I they're not easy moves and not easy decisions, but they have a plan, and uh, we'll we'll see what the rest of this plan entails because now they have a lot of money. You know, they have a number of restricted free agents, D'Angelo and Strom, and they have restricted free agent and and Fast, and they have to resign Georgiev now. Obviously, he's staying. <laughs> um, so, you know, you have a number of these guys now and, and you wonder, well, what type of contracts are they going to give them? Because we're seeing with the, with the trade of stall and, and that contract, you don't want to make these same mistakes over and over again, because you just finally got out from under the stall contract. Are you now going to do the same thing to D'Angelo? You're going to give him some crazy long-term contract that, you know, never ages well. So, you know, I, I hate for them to just get this money and then spend it stupidly, <laughs> you know? So it's, it, and I think every Ranger fan should have faith in JD and Gore to do the right thing. Cause they've, they've done only the right thing during this rebuild. So um, I'm real interested to see what this next step is. Yeah. I think that's the, you bring up a great point there in terms of, how they're going to move forward with the contracts. I, I I have to believe they're not going to do that kind of stuff. And I'm I'm just I really am, man. I am so damn impressed with not only and again, you you say you gotta put all the emotional stuff aside. Look, they they came here, they worked their asses off. These guys make a ton of money. Don't feel too sad for them. It's emotional with fans, it's the fan base. I get it. Mark, respect, and obviously Hank, forget about it. But um the, the fact that they, as hard as this is to do, the fact that they, they've done it, and 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 Hank, too. I mean, I I didn't see it coming. I think, you know, not this soon. I think that's the biggest thing. But, you know, the fact that they've done it, and I, I don't think they're going to make the same kind of mistake. I don't know if um it'll, it's going to be real interesting, KD, as far as, you know, how the league moves forward and how GMs and how these teams are going to restructure any or, or put down these kind of contracts. I mean, wh- where do you, let's take Tony D, for example. Wh- where do you, when you were, wh- if you're worried about kind of the money, I don't know how much money do you have to give Tony D? How much is he worth? Is he a guy that you are comfortable with keeping here uh, for long term? For the Rangers? Is it, what kind of, you know, terms are we talking here? Do you, you're talking three years, you're talking six years. A Kreider type deal? No, maybe. I mean, what's what's the concern with Tony D as far as money there or length of term? I'm always more worried about length of contract. Always. Um, I think money. I think you can always find your way around it. Um, you know, but when you're when you're stuck in a long term contract, that's really where you know, you find yourself behind the eight ball and it could really mess up with, with what you're trying to do um, organizationally as far as success-wise. So, you know, if, if they could sit there and give D'Angelo, you know, tops a five-year deal, you know, I'm happy with it. You know, um, you know, numbers-wise, I'm going to be honest, I haven't even looked to see what other guys are making. I mean... Look, I'd love to get him somewhere, you know, five, six million, you know, uh, you know, Isn't I that think crazy that that's like like the average start. I mean, 
Well, that's what I, I mean. See, like I mean, the contract now is so crazy. I mean, you would. Yeah. I, I'm thinking in my head, like, what is the thinking? money? Like, Three million a year, like you know, <laughs> four million. But really, I mean, he's probably going to be commanded. But I'm probably even low there. That's why I'm saying I haven't really even looked to see what anyone's gotten recently. You know, five, six, six. But if you're only doing that for three to five years, I mean, you could live with it. And especially with, you know, he's he's still fairly young. Well, that's my and, question to you, too, is do, do you think maybe he still has something? He's still got to prove himself a little more. Um. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, defensively, I mean, you know, he's not, you know, Brian Leach out there, you know, but um offensively well he he's not brian leach but you know he's putting up a lot of numbers you know which uh you know will keep him in the lineup yeah uh so you know if he can continue to put up those kind of numbers that he was putting up this year you know he would have ended up with you know there's gonna be a spot for him in the lineup and he's gonna be a, a big asset to this team you know, especially when you, you're going to bring in some of these younger guys now, Conjure Miller and Niles Lundquist. And, um, you know, it, it, those guys, as much as we are looking forward to them, they're going to take a couple of years. They're not just going to come in and, you know, be um, a Ryan McDonough, you know, immediately. You know, it's going to take them a couple of years. Not everybody comes in and has a season like Fox did this year. I mean, that's very rare. Um, so I, it may take these guys a couple of years. So you're going to need to keep a D'Angelo, you know, in the lineup and especially if he's going to put up points. So, you know, I'm not, I wasn't looking to get rid of D'Angelo. My concern always, as they say all the time, and I've already said it a couple of times is just, you know, how much are you going to give him? I, you know, I don't want him getting a seven year contract. You know, I think that that's a huge mistake. You know, I even, even like five is my, you know, that's tops for me. Like, and I say that with anybody, like I, even when they gave Lundquist that long-term contract, I'm like, those last few years are going to be terrible. And they have been, you know, it's it would stall Girardi. I mean, you just see it coming because they just hand out these huge long-term contracts and the, the last two or three years are disasters. So, you know, if they can get him signed for five years or less, that's tremendous. You know, and, and, you know, the same thing with a guy like Strom. Strom, I think I, I would actually even, I, I, at five to me, maybe even too much. Maybe they give for three. But those guys are in, I don't want to say they're in the driver's seat because they are still restricted free agents. Um, so, but they're co- both coming off, you know, career years. So, you know, they're looking to get paid. So it, it's interesting to see where this all play or how this all plays out. Maybe. Maybe they're not in the future plans of the New York Rangers. Uh, look, uh, buying out Lundquist, trade install, nothing will surprise me now. So <laughs> you're 100% correct. And I think you're right when you mention, you know, with everything going on, you know, with COVID and, and all the money that these guys are, the owners are losing, that maybe some owners won't be as willing to spend you know, and maybe Dolan's always been willing to spend. So, you know, maybe he's able to get in there and, and swoop up some some players that we weren't thinking about free agents wise or maybe a trade to bring in a bigger contract that, you know, a team is looking to unload now that maybe they weren't uh, before this pandemic started. So, um, yeah, I, I think that there could be some real surprises, you know, around the league, not necessarily just with the Rangers, but 
you know, now that the Rangers opened up all this cap space, you know, who knows where they're looking. Yeah, I, there's – look, Stromer, to me, is probably on a shorter lease than, uh, than Tony D is, you know. I mean, like both guys, we've talked about it. I've always said up front, you know, you can – you know, the parts are interchangeable, you know, with money and free agency. And, and like I said, only J.D. and Gorton know what's going on here. And I, I guess that's the exciting side of of where the team is right now and the assets that they have and the assets, assets that they're going to acquire. And, you know, Lafreniere, you know, coming in here as well too. And who knows? Maybe they won't pick them. You know, maybe they've got something else. <laughs> but, um, you know, they're they're in such a uh, strong position, uh, J.D. and Gordon, because like you said before, everything they've done so far has has gone really, really well. And um, they've got options, man, and they've got a, a, a boatload of uh, picks coming up here. They've already got an established talent. And, I mean, we should probably just get into it right now. I mean, what they've done you- here with, with Hank is is – to, to solidify the goaltending situation here as well, too. And they still got all kinds of strength there, too, whether they, you know, with Chesty and they if they sign Georgia or if they deal Georgiev, they can, if, if they make him number one and they bring in, got so many options, man. It's it's such a good place to be, even though the heartbreak today, uh, especially with Hank going on, and I'm sure me and you will we'll get into our own personal feelings about him as well. But, um, I mean, as an organization, and this going forward, and we joke, me and you, we started this podcast because of the rebuild and the direction they were going to start taking. Um, they're going the right way. I'm, I'm, you know, again, just impressed so far, uh, and and having the guts to make the right hockey decisions for this franchise going forward, and even and that includes having to buy out Frank, uh, Hank, Frank. Frank, Hank, Hank today. <laughs> oh my God! How quickly we forget, Paul. You know, you don't even know the guy's name anymore. I was, I had, I think I had the word free agent in the back of my mind, <laughs> and it tied in with Hank and my. You know, I'm old. I'll be 51 soon. So, do you know what the best part of the Lundquist buyout is? Is that What's there's the best part, a, KD? Officially, no three-headed goalie monster next yes. year. That's the best part. But, you know, yeah, it is. It, look, I, I, I've said it a number of times on the podcast, and I actually I tweeted it out, I think, recently, um, that I just absolutely love the idea of moving forward in this rebuild with two young, talented goaltenders. You know, and I see what went on in Columbus this year with their two young guys. And it really seemed to work. Um, so despite the heartache, and I really did like the idea of, of maybe Lundqvist hang, you know, having that one last hurrah that last year, and we would have celebrated him the entire year. And he would have been a fantastic mentor for Chesterkin. So I think either way, it, it, it would have worked for this year. But, you know, I, I do like, look, we're going into a rebuild. And now you have these two young, dynamic goaltenders, you know, ready to lead the way. I mean, I think Shashorkin is, is to me, the obviously the better goaltender. But, you know, Gyrgyev has showed that, uh, you know, he could he could play in this league as well. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm good with two young goaltenders, these two guys leading us into this rebuild. So, you know, it, it, it's tough. You know, it, it's tough to... to to say goodbye to Longquist, he's given us so many just great memories over the years. And, you know, I, I tweeted out that, uh, you know, he's he's one of the greatest Rangers of all time. But somehow 
you know, one of the most underappreciated uh, Rangers of all time. So, well, why do you think it, that, KD? You know, is that because of his, his the position of being goaltender, or you think it's something else? Um, I, I, I see, you know, I, I just say that cause I see, and I know that like social media is in real life, but I just see like way too much hate from Ranger fans, like going towards Hank because, you know, he wasn't able to win the cup. I, I think that that's the main complaint, you know, that, that people probably have towards him, um, is not getting over the finish line, but you know, this is a, it's a team sport. I mean, you can't just say, well, this one guy didn't do it. I mean. You know, I wrote a blog post, I mean, one of the last posts I, I, I wrote before I shut it down, you know, however long ago it was, just just saying, you know, that Hank's game was, was sort of on the decline. And it was time for the team, you know, and the players around him to step up for him because he had stepped up for them countless amount of times over over his career. And I went through like the litany of just awful defensemen that he had has had to play behind, you know, his entire career. And, you know, other than, you know, Ryan McDonough, you know, he never really had that like top tier, you know, defenseman, you know, like a like a headman, you know, playing in front of him and, and just a solid defensive team. They just never had a good defensive team. The defensive strategy was usually like the Rangers would get a lead and it was just like, well, let's just hang on for dear life and hope Hank wins it for us. It was basically the game plan, like his entire career of playing. And that that's through Rennie torts and AV. So, you know, and I don't know if it was just, they felt, well, we have the greatest goaltender, you know, on the planet back there. So let's just put it all on his shoulders and, you know, uh, unfortunately, you know, we had the one year where we get to the cup and, and, and couldn't pull through. But, um, you know, I just think he he's a little underappreciated. I mean, what do you win? One Vesna? How, how is that possible? Like if if. If you don't watch him, if you didn't watch him on a gamely nightly basis, you didn't appreciate how great of a goaltender this guy was because of how terrible the defense was in front of him and the saves that he would have to make every game like he would have to stand on his head every game not like once a week or once every day like every game and without him during those you know 15 years and whatever the playoff run was you know 12 years of of getting into playoffs 11 to 12 years I don't think they get into the playoffs one of those years with another goaltender, to be honest. I mean, that's how good the guy was. And I, I really don't think you could appreciate how good he was unless you watched every game. Because, you know, if you were, uh, you know, a fan who watched from afar and you know, I only watched sometimes or a fan of another team and you only saw, you know, Lundqvist when he played your team, you know, you really didn't appreciate you know, what this guy did um, night after night, year after year, uh, period after period, because it was that bad sometimes what was in front of him. So, um, you know, I, I, you know, he'll end up in the Hall of Fame and he'll end up with his jersey retired. And I still think that he will be underappreciated because I think he was that good. I, I agree with you. And he always also 
didn't really have a lot of offensive help up front either, especially in, in, in big crucial games where he, you know, was standing on his head. You know, an extra puck or two goes in for the Rangers the other way, you know, and maybe they win a, a few few of those big games. Well, well that, that's what I mean. I think that the Rangers would get a lead and they would just sit back. They would never press forward to score more. They're like, all right, we got a goal. Let's win it one nothing, you know, or 2-1. Uh, you know, that's how they played, especially in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, it was just sit back and let Fortress. it rip, you know, yeah. and let Girardi and McDonough install, like, dive in front of pucks and Lundqvist, you know, save whatever they didn't get, you know. So, you know, it wasn't a great strategy. And, and obviously, you know, it didn't end up in the Stanley Cup, which was proof. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, he is... He is going to be sorely missed. Um, just, uh, you know, a, a great guy on and off the field. You know, just such a such a handsome individual. And I will miss his post-game interviews just so I could stare at him. <laughs> yes, it's that's... Uh, and yeah. wonder why I didn't have those type of genes. Oh. <laughs> uh, I, don't know. But anyway. I don't know, KD. I, I saw the new Twitter profile picture. It's pretty damn good, man. It's pretty good. Well, I had to get rid of the one with the beard, you know. I haven't had the beard for a while, so I thought there was false advertising. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh look, it's uh it's it's amazing just reflecting today and and you know, seeing the highlights and and just thinking back of the body of the work. And you, and you know, you you bring up those the the deficiencies of the Ranger teams uh that he that he played on all these years, and, you know, when he went and played for Sweden and they had the talent up front, the scoring up front, you know, he won gold medals and everything else. So uh, it's, it's, it's uh, I don't know. I'm not, look, he, he didn't win it. It doesn't mean, like, you know, I mean, there's, there's so many, there's so many great players in all sports that have just great, incredible careers and have great attachments to the teams and the cities and the fans that they play for and, and they don't win it. Uh, it's unfortunate that the Hank didn't didn't get to it, but I mean, there's quite a few <laughs> former Rangers who also never won a Stanley Cup. Um, but he's, you know, I don't think anybody's, uh, you know, you just have to commend him for his career and his personality. I read that Players Tribune; uh, they re-released it today. Something I think he did uh, in 2018 or something like, you know, talking to his younger self, and he basically takes you through how he, you know how he got to MSG and stuff and how he started out and everything else. And one of the things he talked about is the challenge of being a goaltender. I mean, you know this yourself, uh, playing in such tough leagues as a young kid yourself <laughs> in your storied career. But how, just listening to you describe, you know, how he had to play, the level he had to perform at, just on an NHL level, that's one thing, but also because of the Ranger teams that he played on, without the skill set necessarily in front of him that he needed to maybe get him that championship or whatever. But how how hard it is to be a goaltender because, you know, you have to really be focused mentally because the, the play away from you so much and then all the different scenarios that come at you and everything. And, I you know, speaking of that, just watching uh, Vasilevsky and, and Kubitin uh, in, the, in the finals, and it's just incredible. Vasilevsky and myself just impressed the hell out of me. Uh, you know, both Russian goaltenders, and, you know, you were saying, too, we got two great uh, young Russian kids that are going to be playing for us now for a long time, hopefully. Um, but that part of it, too, man, and that's why you got to give Crank so much credit as well. You know, he never he never complained. I think that's one great thing. I mean, he showed, obviously, disgust in post-game interviews and just because he wanted to win. 
so bad. And he definitely wanted to win a championship here in New York. There's no doubt about it because there's nothing better than winning a championship here in, in New York. Um, but, you know, he never really complained. And even with the last year or two, what's been going on here with the team, he was fully aware of the rebuild. He signed on for that. He had his options to go if he wanted to. Um, you know, he kind of just, I think, deep down, and we'll find out more of this. I'm sure there's going to be, you know, de- depending on what he does, whether he retires or moves on, uh, signs with another team, and I know that's still an option for him. Um, you know, he, he we're going to have to wait to hear for these interviews from him. And but I know how much he loved playing for this city, and he know I know how much he loved playing for the Rangers. And in terms of you know his decision making here the last couple of years, whether he could have went, he could have walked into the front office to Gordon and said, "Hey, I want out of here. You know, trade me, get me on a, on a contender. You know, I want to go out and one down my career here. You know." Um, but he didn't. For some reason, he didn't. KD, you know, if anybody had, you know an open check or a carte blanche invite, or, and he would have been taken anywhere. And, you know, whether it's money or whatever the heck it was, but the Rangers, I'm sure, would have sent them anywhere he wanted to go if he asked for it. And that's going to be interesting down the road because here we are, the buyout. And, you know, what's your take on that, too, as far as Hank's run ending here? I mean, you know, we have Gretz and Mark and, you know, some old Rangers here that have done their farewell season and the skates around and everything. We obviously have the heartbreak of Leachy getting traded and stuff like that. And, you know, guys who didn't get a chance, maybe like Richter, his career ended all that other stuff. But, you know, Hank goes out on a buyout and we're seeing mushy tweets today and, and all the montage and everything. But we don't get to see him, you know, he, he ends in a, in a losing effort here in a qualifying round for this tournament. You know, he was basically relegated backup, high, high paid backup here in this team. and But he wrote it out. And I have to believe he did all that, checked his ego, because I think he just, he loves being a Ranger. I mean, and, and that's going to be interesting to see if he does go play for anybody else. My gut feeling right now is I don't I don't think he is, because I think that chance, he had a better chance of doing that a year or two ago if he wanted to, and now it's a buyout, and now, I don't know. What, what's your take on that? I think that, he, I think winning a cup in New York was more important than winning a cup at all. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think for him, that was the most important, like being a, there's nothing more important than being a Ranger. And I think if he, he couldn't do it here, he didn't want to do it anywhere. And like, I, I think that's probably the mindset that he had and why he wanted to to hang around or stay around and not leave. And maybe he had delusions of the rebuild happening quicker, and maybe he could, you know, it'll end with a Stanley Cup in his final year of his contract. And But, you know, you, you just don't know, you know, what could potentially have been going through his head, but... You know, you wish you would look. Everybody wants to go out like John Elway or like Ray Bork, you know. But very rarely does that happen, you know. And and especially these days when players change teams, you know, every other year, and there's buyouts and everyone's traded and and that kind of thing. So, you know, very rarely do you get the fairy tale ending. I mean, look at the way, you know, Eli Manning's career ended with the Giants. I mean, 
on just such a terrible run there at the end, you know, and McAdoo, you know, pulls him for the one game, you know, and it, it just, it left a bad taste in your mouth, you know, and, and this is, it, this is similar, you know, and I, I just think this happens. I mean, it, it, like I said, very rarely do you get that fairy tale ending and uh, he deserved better the same Eli did, but it's life. And, and look, he'll, he'll get his, his day in the sun, his day back at the garden. You know, if he does end up going somewhere, his first time back, he'll get that uh, montage video and, and uh, when he does ultimately retire, he'll be back for a number of celebrations and including his jersey being uh, retired to the rafters. So, you know, it may it may seem a little unfair now um, the way things are are ending. But, you know, he'll, he'll get his just due uh, eventually. So, um, you know, it's got to be tough for him not to ultimately get the cup. I, I say it all the time. He's the. Uh, most competitive athlete I think I, I've seen in any sport. The guy at all times wanted to win. Um, he just played his ass off at every game. And, you know, I see a lot of fans, range of fans, some of them who get on Hank sometimes because they thought he showed up his defenseman. I, I, you know, I don't know if he was showing them up. I, I just think he get he just wanted to win so badly. That when, you know, a big goal may have gotten in, he, he, he expressed his anger. And maybe sometimes it seemed like it was, it was towards players on the ice. I, I don't necessarily know that it was, you know, because like you had mentioned that, you know, he never said a bad thing during the last two years. You know, I never heard him throw a teammate under the bus after a, a game. And he could have done that more times than I could count. Um, he definitely could have, uh, from, uh, you know, from what went on in front of him all those years, it, they, he had a number of opportunities to throw guys under the bus and he never did. So, you know, I, I don't see him as ever showing up anybody on the ice. I just think he was the ultimate competitor. And, you know, I, I think he was probably like that when he got scored on in practice. I mean, those were the stories the guys would, would tell is how angry we get in practice being scored on. So I just think that that's that's just how competitive the guy was. So um, it's, it's a tough time, you know, to be a Ranger fan now to lose an all time. Great. But, you know, I think we do just have to look to the future and, and that'll, uh, you know, at least begin to, to, you know, mend our broken hearts here um, because, you know, like we were discussing earlier, you know, there is a plan here, you know, that, they're building a cup contender here and they're building it the right way. So, you know, while we are closing the book on one chapter, you know, we're opening up another that, uh, you know, may ultimately lead to the Stanley cup. Yeah. Well, just to go back to what you were saying earlier though, too. I mean, you know, Hank, he's, he, he's an elite player. You know, he was an elite player. He was, you know, one of the best net minders in the league, if not the world. And he didn't always play with similar type levels of players in front of him. In fact, I want to ask you, you know, if the cup team is the obvious answer, but what do you think is one of the best lineups that, that he played with? If you think of like all the, you know, I mean, it's, it's, look, it's a lot to remember. I can't remember everything, but I'm just trying to 
maybe ask you because I, and you know, back in the day and, and through the heart of his career, you had the blog running and you were you were watching every game or you were, you know, commenting on on on, on every game during the seasons and stuff like that. Is there a lineup? you know, that really stands out for you that, that played in front of him or because maybe the Cup team just got lucky or was there a team that, hey, man, that should have been the uh, the team that maybe, you know, lost in the in the conference finals or whatever. What's what's your take on where I'm coming from in terms of, you know, how you're setting it up there? Like I said, he was. He's one of the best players. Maybe you put Hank on a on a Tampa Bay team that just won the Stanley Cup or the, um, you know, the, the Capitals team. Like, you know, if he's, if he's Holtby behind Ovechkin. You know what I'm saying? So uh, just kind of curious if you can kind of maybe think out loud about a, a team that, you know, um, a lineup that he played for that maybe you thought well, that was the one that should have done it. Yeah, I mean, I would say it's the team the year after the Cup, the one that lost in the conference finals to Tampa. I mean, that team won the President's Trophy that year. So, you know, they were, you know, and the team that went to the Cup final, I mean, they didn't have a great regular season. I, I think that they just caught lightning in the bottle in the playoffs i think that they rode the emotions with st louis mom and and i think a lot of things just sort of broke right for them um in that run but i I think that the team the next year was probably the better team um and and you know the the zuccarello injury you know he got hit in the head with a puck you know and he was didn't play I mean, I, I hate to say that one player would have changed things because they did make it all the way to the, the conference finals. But I, I think not having him for that run really, really derailed them in the end. Just not having that, you know, that loss of depth there, you know, not having him. I, I, I think that that was probably the best team that he had, um, you know, in front of him. Uh, was the year afterward when they when they lost in the conference finals to Tampa, you know, and uh, again is you know that was just a tough tough loss for them. But I, I really felt as though that was definitely the the better team that he played better than to me up and down the lineup. I think the better team than even the team that went to the 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 uh, Cup finals that year. No, it's a uh, it's a good point. I mean, and that's the uh, the frustrating part of it, you know. But look, you know, again, you know, multiple conference finals. I mean, pretty much making the playoffs every year. You know, just uh, you know, again, you know, you think of uh, being a Ranger fan, and you know, the the chance for certain players and certain players that have come into this, you know, organization, and uh, especially playing at the Garden and the impact they have. You know, whether it's guys, obviously, the obvious guys like Mass and stuff, but. You know, goaltending for us, too, is uh, close to home. You know, whether it's Jockman, you know, Chance of Eddie, and then, you know, J.D., obviously. And, you know, you look back at, um, you know, Richter being a part of this organization as well, too. And but Hank, you know, basically came in here and, you know, it was his team all these years, basically uh, based around, I would say, every year, you know, ever you know, changes that happen, free agents that come in, decisions that are made. Um, I mean, this is another thing where I kind of want to turn the conversation to is, you know, he's been such, you know, obviously the veteran here, um, the the big name. He was the kind of guy that kind of put, you know, 94 behind us, you know, in terms of moving forward. So it's like, you know, we're moving forward again now with the rebuild. And, and, and Hank was part of this moving forward there in, in uh, the 2000s, obviously. And, you know, um, he's such he's he's one of those guys that are just bigger 
you know, bigger than, you know, the, he's so huge as far as the franchise. So he's he's a franchise player. He's a fan, franchise netminder, obviously, his personality and his involvement, you know, off the rink and outside the game, his connections with the fans, you know, obviously the king. Uh, he's legendary and everything else. And the team as an organization, and this will happen against around big stars uh, for teams where teams are going to try and bring in the components. Now, when you're a netminder, it's not like you, a center, you know, your top center needs a, uh, a new left wing to, you know, compensate or improve, you know, the uh, the first line. Or you need a, you got to bring in a defenseman here to help out this tandem and uh, we need more scorings. It's like a, a different piece of the puzzle. When you have the netminder and you're solid and you know you don't need anything else but Hank, you're done. And then all the other, uh, all the changes and all the moves that are made uh, for, you know, obviously the Rangers organization over these last 15 years has been, around Hank, because they got Hank, and then everything else is out front. Hank's gone now. You know, he's he's no longer part of this organization. And now the team has to, who's the franchise guy? Is it Panarin? You know? Um, it's it's not true, but right now, obviously. Um, yeah, Shesty's coming in, and as far as taking over the, the netminder position here, and, and hopefully he'll have lots of success here, and We'll be chanting Shesty and all that other stuff in the years to come and everything. But now the Rangers organization are not necessarily, I guess maybe maybe Panarin's the guy. What do you think, Katie? Now that what I'm trying to get is is now Hank is is no longer part of this organization as far as what they have to do in terms of making decisions on the ice, personnel, how to improve the team. Um, and would you know, I'm sure Hank was involved in conversations. You have to believe when Torch was fired. I mean, there was discussion about that in terms of that change and where the team was at at that point moving forward, you know, switching from Torch to AV uh, and going forward from there. And he was obviously a big part of the, the rebuild here in terms of him saying, hey, look, I'm staying. I'm not going to cause any problems. I want to be a part of it. And now he's not part of these. He's no longer part of team decisions here for the New York Rangers and that's that's a big thing. Uh, is, you think that's an easier thing now for the for Gorton and JD and you know us as fans now? I think that's something we have to kind of put Hank in the rearview mirror here. And Stolzy's obviously a little easier, no more or less disrespect for him. But you know this is pretty huge now. So I guess you know Panarin's your your franchise player right now, and you're going to build around him. What do you say? Yeah, I mean obviously he takes over as the sort of elite player on the team. You know, I I don't know if he's if he's going to have that same. You know, Lundqvist is a homegrown guy. You know, Panarin's a guy you bring in, so you know they definitely won't have that sort of same feel. You know, I I think Kreider probably takes over as the. You know, obviously he's the most long longest tenured Ranger. You know, I want, you know, the most beloved sort of ranger now, homegrown guy who's who's been there for all those great, you know, victories and, and, and that type of role, you know, where I, I think he probably has, you know, the ear of management more than anybody because of the longevity with the team. Obviously, they just gave him that big long term contract. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he's named captain now um of the team this year um so i i i think it's it's Kreider who takes over sort of the mantle there as you know mr ranger now um again because he's our our homegrown guy who's who's been there 
you know, Panarin is a, an elite talent. You know, this past year was just amazing to watch that guy on the ice. I mean, just just phenomenal. But uh, you know, he's only been here for a year, so you know, trust me, he wins a he wins a cup in the next couple of years. Uh, you know, he'll be royalty around here. You know, the way that uh, you know Messier was embraced. You know, coming over here as an elite player who you know put the franchise on his back and and won the team a cup and. In 94, you know, if that happens, you know, now with Panarin here, you know, he'll he'll get that same treatment. But, you know, I, I, I think Kreider is probably the guy, you know, and, and, and even Zabinijad, you know, I think he's got to be in the conversation, too, is, you know, again, the, the sort of, you know, Lundqvist has been Mr. Ranger, you know, uh, for his uh, virtually his entire career here. And I, I think that that sort of title um, now, to me, I think next in line is is Kreider, um, and with Zabinijad and 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 Panarin um, behind him. All right. You don't think it's um, Howden? <laughs> <laughs> Man, that guy gets more hate than uh, goodness gracious. I mean, look, he's not. I mean, he deserves most of it. Don't get me wrong, but goodness gracious, people go after him like he's, uh, you know, a central part of this team. Um, actually, he was one of the better players in in the playoffs, amazingly enough. But anyway, but I digress. Yeah, it's um, you know, just uh, you know, I I was always a um, you know, Richter guy, you know, and always the debates, you know, Lundqvist or Richter, who was the better all time you know, Ranger goaltender. And for the longest time, I was Team Richter. You know, he won us the cup, so he's better. Um, but when Lundqvist essentially carried this team to the cup finals, I switched. Because, you know, Richter was fantastic. But, you know, though that 94 team was a great team. And he didn't have to do all the heavy lifting, and he well, did a lot go. of it. Well, well, KD, there you go, right? The, the little point we were kind of making there before. It was a team of elite players. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And 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 Richter was one of them. I mean, he yes. was amazing. Like, just, you know, deserves to have his number, you know, hanging in the rafters at MSG. But, you know, I, I don't think you can compare, you know, the 94 Ranger team to the 2014 Ranger team. I mean, the, I mean, the, two, the 1994 team would destroy the 2014 team <laughs> or the 2015 team that I was saying was probably better. Um, you know, they just didn't have, you know, the amount of elite talent, you know, that that 94 team had. And, and the team was relying on guys like, Messier and Leach and Graves and um, to to win for them, you know, they didn't have to rely on on Richter. Now, again, you know, he did he he carried the team at moments. You know, Lundqvist had to carry the team the entire time. So, you know, there, there's a big difference there, and and those runs, um, you know, they really because in the beginning, if you remember and. The beginning to Lundqvist's career, you know, he didn't have a lot of success in the playoffs, like initially. Um, you know, that's when, when they first started making the playoffs out of the lockout. I actually had season tickets, so I went to a lot of playoff games back then. And he was being outplayed in those playoff series. I remember he was outplayed by Flurry. 
um, one year against the Penguins. He was outplayed by Miller um, against Buffalo. So, you know, early on in his career, I remember it was, you know, he can't get it done in the playoffs, um, you know, and then they had the run uh, the one year with Torts uh, when they lost to the Devils um, in the conference finals. And that's really when, when he started to take, you know, his game to the next level um, in the postseason. So, um, you know, he's, uh, he's, he was just an amazing Ranger, um, will be missed or wish again, you know, wish he could have gotten that fairy tale ending, but you know, that that's life. And, and, uh, you know, for us fans, you know, sometimes it is, you know, about the back of the Jersey, but you know, the name on the back of the Jersey, but you know, look, it, it, it's always about the name on the front of the Jersey and, and, you know, that's, that's what these decisions are about, and, and or that's what this decision is about. And, uh, you know, I, I think ultimately it pays off. Yeah, and, you know, we're, we're to, I think that's the other thing too, Katie, is to actually, um, you know, it's sinking in. So, you know, you know, let's get to tomorrow, you know, and, and now, you know, you, you kind of, you know, roll your hands together and go, ooh, what do we do now? What do we do now? And, like, you know, here we are. The draft is coming up, and you have to figure Alex is going to be picked, Alexis is going to be picked, and um, and then we go forward with that. And then it's it really becomes, you know, uh, you know, the move forward. And this is all behind the scope of what is the league going to look like next year? How, when do we play? Uh, how are they going to play? You know, um, when do training camps start? Um, we have to believe that it's going to be sooner than later, so we're not going to have to wait too long as hockey fans. Um, you have to believe that the league, for the last you know two months while this tournament has been going on, they've obviously been logistically working on how to make uh, the next season start, begin, and go forward. I guess based around you know everything that's you know going on health wise in terms of um, how they're going to do this. You know, I don't I don't think they're going to be able to pull off. You know, it's one thing to pull off the bubble you know, for 60 days for a tournament. But for a full season, I don't know how they're going to do that. Uh, it's going to be very interesting, you know, where the country is on the pandemic level, on the health level, going through the fall and the winter season here, seeing if cases go up and, and just seeing how the rest of these sports do here going forward. Now we're going to watch, uh, you know, the NBA is going to wrap up here in another week or two, but uh, baseball is kind of just starting their playoffs. Base, uh, football is in the mix of it right now. And then we'll have to see, uh, you know, kind of what happens in terms of COVID and everything else. But I do rain- have to, I don't want to cut you off there, but you're talking about the other sports. Uh, great job by everybody, by all these sports leagues. I mean, re- I, I'm amazed, you know, that we have a Stanley Cup champion. We're in baseball playoffs now. The, you know, football season has started. We are in the NBA finals. I mean, kudos. I mean, you know, remember where we were, you know, four months ago with no sports and, you know, that everybody was talking about starting it up and everyone's like, including myself, there's no way this is going to happen. There's no way they're going to make it. There's a... And they made it. They've, you know, great job by Batman, you know, good, great job. I don't even know who the commissioner in the NBA is, but. You know, you, they you made it to the to end. Know, Kev. You don't have to know. It's okay. Yeah, I, I don't watch basketball. <laughs> but, um, but they did make it to the finals. I mean, that's an amazing feat. And, uh, I, I've been saying this a lot to my friends, uh, you know, just talking about the baseball. I mean, I, I give the, the highest marks to Major League Baseball because, 
you know, they ran into it a couple of times where they could have easily have shut everything down. You know, they had the, the, the Marlins, the Cardinals, the Mets. You know, you had a number of teams come with a little bit of an outbreak. Um, and, and they had a plan and they stuck with it. You know, they shut the team down. They continued on with everybody else and they shut the team down that they played with and tested everybody and, and, and soldiered on and, uh, just absolutely fantastic that they stuck, you know, that they came up with a plan and they stuck with it. And I think that that's, that was the biggest, biggest piece, you know, to baseball getting through. And I'm, I'm hoping and it seems so far that football, you know, has a, a plan in place too, because you saw what happened with the Titans this week. And, uh, you know, and now, you know, they, they postponed the game on Sunday and uh, they're thinking about moving the game to either Monday or Tuesday in the week. And that, that's fantastic. I mean, that's the way this should be going. You know, shut down the teams that aren't doing it, keep everybody else going. And, uh, and you, you sort of do it on the fly. And, it, and, and, it's, and it's really worked out. And I really want to congratulate just, you know, all the leagues and getting it done it's been great it's been so nice to watch the sports um as a distraction everything else going on and uh you know i just wanted to sort of point that out well said my friend no you're right the 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 catch now is is moving forward you know and and just sticking to hockey here i mean you know and you take all the other sports and you know football right now is doing their this is the beginning of the season so they're going to be going through you know uh the 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 change of the seasons here. So they're going to be right in the thick of it. You know, baseball itself, you know, got another month and month and a half, whatever it is, how long the the series go and everything else. Uh, but, you know, NBA is going to wrap up soon here. MLB is going to do it. And then football, obviously, is going to carry into the end of the year like a normal season. And then the Super Bowl and everything, January, February, we'll see where everything goes. But the rest of the league, everything, excuse me, the rest of the leagues, everything that they've done logistically here, obviously, they've been able to do it in a smaller section for a smaller amount of, of the season, the end of the season. They had already played a certain section of the season. Obviously, MLB, you know, they were they had just started, uh, and they just shortened their season to make it happen. But logistically here for the NHL and the NBA, in terms of how they're going to do it now with, you know, 31 teams, 31 cities, 31 arenas, 31 fan bases, 31 different regions, you know, international travel, Canada, the United States, players from overseas, minor league operations. That's a bigger engine that they're going to have to maintain here. It's a bigger operation. Obviously, the tourney model gave them a base to start from. But, man, it's a much bigger production to put on even whatever they decide on, whether they want to try and get an 82-game season in or they want to do a 60, whatever they decide on. Even if, to me, if it was 30 games, 31 teams, 31 franchises, 31 training staffs, uh, you know, securities, uh, you know, everything that goes into running a, an arena. How are they going to do that? Are they going to just play? Is the Metro just going to play the Metro? I mean, obviously this is all speculation, but I'm just saying, it, yes, bravo to everything that's just been done. I don't have a complaint at all. I'm, I'm grateful and lucky. Anybody who complained about any of the NHL, any of the baseball, anything that's going on, I shut up because they could have just shut down and just did nothing. And you just think about all of us tuning in and watching these games. And as for hockey fans, we had multiple games on during the day and games every night. I mean, it was awesome because you're right. There's nothing else going on. 
So we we were lucky, uh, you know, and 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 bravo. The thing is now is how do they move forward? I, I'm sure if we just stick with hockey here, they'll find a way. But it's going to be darn impressive one way or the other in terms of how they kind of make this work. And um, and we just have to be grateful as hockey fans here too, because like I said, the draft's coming up. They're going to start training camps one way or another here. They got to make a decision. Uh, they're talking about getting it done before the end of the year, maybe in terms of maybe kicking things up. And then where do they start in January, February? I mean, us as sports fans, and now, you know, as Ranger fans. I mean, we like, let's play. Let's get these guys at the training camp. Let's see what's going on. I mean. Uh, but it's it's different because if you read on the you know the inside and the outside of these guys playing in the bubble and stuff, I mean they didn't see their families for thirty days. That's not going to fly in a regular season. They can't do that. That was pretty special what these guys committed to and, and pulled off. But I don't I don't know. It's going to be a different. It's going to be a different engine, right? Yeah, I mean i I think next season I think you'll see them back in their own ice ring, you know, in their own arenas. Um. You know, and there's a lot of logistics there, like you said. I mean, as far as the international travel, I mean, if you look what happened with with baseball, I mean, you know, the Canadian government didn't allow the Blue Jays, you know, to play. You know, they weren't allowing other franchises to come in and play the Blue Jays so that they had to play in Buffalo. So, you know, is that an issue, you know, when they're ready to start up, like you said, whatever that is, January or February? So that... You know that kind of, of of issue is is definitely could. Now we're talking about hockey, so maybe that's a whole different thing up in Canada where they'll allow it. But um, you know, yeah, I, I think that they're going to push to do it in the arenas. I don't think you get fans in the arenas though, because you're inside. You're seeing fans at you know NFL games and the college football games, and I heard that they're going to be having some fans in the in the next round of the playoffs in baseball again because you're outside. Um I well, buddy, don't... there's also a test ground going on right now. It's called the state of Florida. <laughs> well yeah. <laughs> I mean I mean they're, seriously, they just they're open opening everything, everything up. up. Yeah. Yeah. So that's... we're gonna sit back and watch what goes on down there. <laughs> I, I don't even want to know what goes on down there before all this happens. So <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but anyway, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we'll worry about that when, when it comes to it. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, a tough time and, you know, we talked a lot about Longquist, and, and I do think we have to, you know, just mention stall. I, I, I've dumped on stall plenty, you know, on this podcast, but in my defense, Paulie, I always preferenced all of it by, <laughs> discussing all the great things that Stahl had done for this organization and how he'd always been a part of basically every huge victory that this team has had, you know, for the last 20 years, he had been a part of it. And, and, you know, whether he's scoring a goal on the ice for the goal or playing a major part in it, he was part of that. Now, Injuries destroyed his career. It's as easy as that. You can look at him and saying he was a defensive detriment. You know, the guy was playing with one eye, you know, um, you know, multiple concussions. And his brother tried so, to take him out. Yeah, exactly. You know, I said this in my tweet the other day. I mean, the guy literally sacrificed his vision for the Rangers franchise. I mean, that happened. So, you know, I think he deserves, you know, maybe not as much praise as Lundquist, but... 
you know, he is, uh, you know, someone who was a part, a big part. Well, he's a part of, well, you you know, sorry, Katie, but he's a part of all of Hank's records, right? Yeah. No, I mean, look, he is, he is as big of a part as anyone is bringing this team out of the doldrums, you know, of, you know, the late nineties, early two thousands when they couldn't make the playoffs, you know, he was a major part of bringing this organization back to respectability. You know, his beginning of his career, he was one of the best defensemen in the NHL. You know, he would go coast to coast um, and be so smooth out there. And uh, it's just really, you know, his battles against Ovechkin were just epic. And he would come out on top in those battles. I mean, you see some of the highlights of him just laying out Ovechkin as he's coming across the ice. I mean, just, he was, you know, on his way to becoming, you know, an elite defenseman in this league. And then, yeah, I mean, his brother of all people, you know, starts, you know, the decline, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, like, uh, Greek tragedy, you know, it, it really is terrible. And then, you know, obviously the puck to the eye and, and for him to, to be able to come back from, you know, those injuries and those setbacks and, and, and put together just, uh, you know, a serviceable at the end, you know, and I hate to say it that way, but at the end of his career, career, you know, it's a testament to him and, and, and his dedication to, you know, the Rangers franchise. So, you know, he'll be missed. He, again, he's just a steady presence that has been around the Rangers organization, you know, for the last, you know, however, 13 years or whatever it is. So, you know, he'll be missed. And look at him. He's, he's still going to play. He's not even hanging him up yet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's yeah. Cool. No. Yeah. Look, I, I assume that this last year will probably be it for him. But yeah, I mean, look, he gets, you know, he gets one more, you know, season in the sun and, and be a mentor and, and, um, uh, you know, that, that's great for him. You know, he can, he can go out on his own terms. And again, just a class act off the ice as well, too. Oh, of course. I mean, that's one great thing about Mark as well, too. Uh, just very well respected. And, and I tell you, know, you what, the way things are going, you know, with ex Rangers, he'll probably end up winning the Stanley cup next year. You know, he'll get traded at the deadline to a contender, you know, win a cup. I mean, think about all the guys who have now. And won I a would cup. be happy for him. What's that? And I would be happy for him. Oh, who would same be? way I mean, I'm happy for uh, Schatz and, and McDonough too, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you could be unhappy. Like, think about all the guys who've won a cup. I mean, I think the only person you could be unhappy with who've won a cup is Gabrick because he won that goddamn <laughs> cup against us. But you know, I mean, Gabrick won one. Richards, Haglin. You know, Mike Sullivan is a coach for the Penguins. You know, all these guys, unfortunately, have sort of moved on. Friggin' Del Zotto won a cup with St. Louis. I know. You know, he was, it was, you know, he was on the roster. I mean, he didn't play, yeah. but still. Names I on mean, the cup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is probably why Lundqvist should probably sign somewhere because they'll probably win. <laughs> but that's uh, uh, crazy. I mean, it was nice seeing McDonough win the cup, though, and and. Re- and raise the cup, you know, after getting so close in 14. So I tell you, it was, uh, you know, when they lost those two games to the Islanders and, you know, when Shattenkirk and, and McDonough were both the goats on the plays 
that led to those losses. Yeah. Uh, it was it was surreal. I was like, oh no, don't let this happen, man. Don't 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 let the Islanders beat them and let McDonough, and Sh- you know, Shattenkirk be the reasons. You know, we'd never. Yeah, and I'm happy for Shattenkirk too. You know, and and you know, I know a lot of Ranger fans are sort of split on his time here. You know, I mean, the one thing I remember more than anything is that this guy was a huge Ranger fan. And took less money to come here because he wanted to play for his team. Like, I don't care what else happened, you know? I mean, he played injured, and, and then when he came back, you know, he just didn't play well. And it, it didn't work out. It happens. But, you know, this guy tried to come here, you know, take less money so he could play for the team that he rooted for as a kid. So I can't get angry at that guy because it didn't work out while he was here. You know, yeah, I I don't see it. You know, I mean, I, the the point. I mean, these guys, it's so hard to be a professional hockey player. And you know, when you get to a certain level, and then you you make you know a decent you decent amount of money, and, and some guys make a lot of money. And even the NHL, though, com- compared to like baseball contracts and football contracts and and NBA contracts, they don't even compare. You know, um, but these guys, you know, they're they're in a it's a timeline being a hockey player as far as your, you know, professional career is and how you start as a junior. And you've really only got a certain amount of time that you can do it. You take a guy like Hank and a guy like Stahl, they, they gave everything they could. They did everything they could to try and bring a championship here. They played on some great teams. They got to some great moments and, you know, they had some success here. They didn't win. But man, they 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 gave it all out there for us. You know, a guy like Shattenkirk, different point of his career. You know, he's he was being tossed around there at the end of his career. As far as I mean, um, not the end of his career, the last couple of seasons in terms of finishing up with St. Louis and then getting moved around with you know free agency signings and everything. And you know, could have won with the Caps. He didn't didn't work out. But you know, and then when he comes to us, it just you know you could just feel it. It just wasn't happening. I never just it just never. It's a great story. About him coming here, but I personally, his time here, I don't, I, I'm not too attached to him. I'm happy for him. I'm glad he got picked up by the Bolts. I'm glad he got a second chance. He's a kid from Long Island, you know. Uh, that's an awesome story too. It's just great, and you know, yeah, you know, he played for us, and you know, he goes to Tampa and he wins. And McDonough, come on, I mean, it's just, it's fantastic. I know, I think everybody's happy for Mac. I mean, we hated seeing him go. And we hated seeing Callahan go years ago. I mean, it's just, it's Dubinsky. You think of all these great character guys that played for us, and they gave it all. And whomever, you know, whoever's behind the bench and the coaching styles, and, you know, who knows? I mean, Torts is, the way Torts had them playing, they probably maybe, you know, they that took it takes a lot out playing for a guy like Torts, you know what I'm saying? And the Navy comes in here, and it's a different system, and, you know, back and forth, whatever. But I'm just kind of going around in, in 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 the circle and the fact that, hey, look, you know, very happy for those two guys. Um, they 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 have sacrificed more than anything. Me and you, as Ranger podcaster fans, you know, nitpickers, whatever. We joke around. We talk about the team. Those guys have put in the blood, the sweat, the tears, and the time. And it doesn't matter who you put, what sweater you're wearing. And I loved every single minute of that last game. And I put the phone down with five minutes left, and I, I and just knew they were going to win. Hold on there, and then just watching the the great moment of winning the Stanley Cup and seeing those teammates, those players, and just what they've accomplished, the work they've put in, uh, extra hard this year with obviously with the quarantine and the bubble. 
But it's amazing. It's fantastic. And you know, all those guys that you you hate to play against and you root against and everything, but you know when your team's out of it and you get to watch this tournament and you realize why you're a hockey fan, and it's that moment, and I don't care what anybody says, when they bring that freaking trophy out, uh, it's it's just an amazing experience, and it was great to see uh, Schatz and, and, and McD get it, and then uh, hopefully, you know, maybe in, what do you say, a year? Schatz deal handed to um, Mika? I mean, what do you think, pal? Two years. Two. Two, two are. Two years. Okay, let me write that down. Two years. Two years. All right, you well, talk. look. Give me two. <laughs> Love it. All right, buddy, so look, we've... um. I mean, we can't really go on and on. There'll be more stuff coming out about Hank here in, in the next couple of days, couple of weeks, in terms of interviews and, and what kind of decision he makes or whatever. But look, I will just say this again. How lucky we were, KD, that this guy played for us. And that's all I can say. Class act, world class. Wish him nothing but the best. Can't thank him enough for everything he did for this franchise. Um, and, you know, just for you know, all the kids out here, Ranger fans and everything else, uh, we're just very lucky that he played for our organization. And uh, whether he goes and plays with somebody else for another year or two, I hope it goes well for him. I hope he wins a cup. If not, it is. But, pal, we move forward, man. So last thing I would love to talk about on the show, unless, unless there's something I'm forgetting, and you can smack me in the head and let me know. But uh, the draft is coming up, and the New York Rangers happen to have the number one pick, pal. Since like the 1920s, um, are we taking this kid, Ale- Alexei, or what? I think we should trade it, trade the pick for sure. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any doubt that uh, you know we are taking him, and then he's just going to be a a crucial part of um, us getting out of the rebuild and becoming a contender, Br- sort of bridging, you know, from from rebuild to contender cup contender so i'm pumped i am Me too. uh you know for to bring this kid in um you know kako second year um Ooh. another year Pan- <laughs> i know your boy <laughs> um you know panarin foxy you know truba let's get a let's get truba a, a good defenseman to play Georgie boy number one in the nets chesty <laughs> Hopefully him and Gergiev aren't, you know, getting in, into cars together, you know, next season. <laughs> Limousines only for those guys. Uh, exactly. So, uh, exciting times, man. Exciting times. Yeah, it'll be Lafreniere and uh, let's go. Let's go. Let's go Rangers Radio, baby. So are you going to be able to come back here sooner than later, uh, or are we done now for another few months? <laughs> yeah, I'll see you in, like, uh, when does the season start? Oh, buddy! Look, man. Yeah. This is, go ahead. Maybe ne- maybe next week. Yeah, maybe we'll talk next week. Yeah. Okay. When? When? You know what? I don't even know when the draft is. Do you even know when it is? I think it's October sixth, right? So let's say. Uh, okay. Is that a Tuesday? Are they doing Tuesday. Like Tuesday. Oh yeah. So maybe we'll have to have the show. All right. Talk about how good the guy looks putting a Ranger sweater over his uh, That's shoulders. Right. Good That's stuff. Right. All right. Any uh, any final thoughts on uh, for Hank and Stolzy, or have you said enough? I, I've had enough. I'm done with them. It's right. over. Seal, I told you. It's about the name on the front of the jersey. Yeah. I appreciate what you did for us, but we're moving on. Shesty. 
Chesty. That's right. We gotta start Hank, practicing, buddy. Hank who? Hank, Hank who? What? Oh! <laughs> terrible. You didn't hear that Let's here, go. folks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. It's been an absolute pleasure to get back here and, and do this. And uh, farewell to Hank and Stalzy. We can't wait to welcome Alexia in here. The draft coming up. Hey, look, man. Future looks bright, baby. Um, so let's just keep doing this, man. Looking forward to uh, whatever happens here going forward for the New York Rangers. I think J.D. and Gordon have us in great hands. And uh, cheer up, everybody. we got some good times ahead of us, all right? So uh, with that said, thanks for listening to Go Rangers Radio. And as always, KD, say goodbye to the folks. Bye, folks. <laughs>